Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Does this mean it's over? Does this mean he likes me? Are butterflies good? Am I ever going to meet someone? I'm tired of swiping. Am, Am I, I normal? normal? Should I be doing more to spice things up? Or should I just pass if we don't click after a couple of dates? You can keep waiting for the fairy tale, or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've seen me on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman. Hello, lovers, and welcome to the very first All Dear Demona episode of Dates and Mates Season 11. I'm so excited to have you here and to answer your questions. So, lovers, I got to admit something to you. I think I kind of messed up, <laughs> and I've got to, I got to own my mistakes and my shortcomings if I expect anybody else to do the same. So, I think I messed up last week when we launched the new season. I really didn't make, I didn't celebrate y'all enough. And I didn't make a big enough deal about the fact that this is season 11. I've been doing this show for 11 years. And whether you've been here since the beginning, or you just came in, you just found the show. First, I just want to thank you for being here. You are why I do the show. You are what makes my life's mission of helping people find love worth doing. And you have the power to also change lives. So real quick, if you have gotten value out of Dates and Mates, do me one favor, just one thing, and share this episode with a friend. Let people know you love Dates and Mates. If you tag me on Instagram, I will share it again in my stories. And just let's get the word out. Let's build this community and get more people on board with empathetic love, slow love, navigating dating apps, and really showing up for authentic communication and real world relationships, okay? You are part of my love army and I need I need all of you. I need all of you on the field. So just share this episode with two people that you know that could use the advice that's coming up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, as you probably have heard, we're kicking off each episode this season with a word of the week. The word of this week is healing. All right, so I was scrolling social media this week, and I have to admit, I have seen a lot of misplaced anger and frustration and disappointment. I have been seeing on well-intentioned posts on about everything from raising money for charity to book recommendations, a lot of people having a lot of feelings, having a lot to say. And you know what I see? I don't just see the negative comments. What I see is pain. I see so much pain in the form of critical comments and insults all being delivered behind the veil of a phone screen. And yet, instead of getting angry or contributing to the angry post with more anger, my instinct is actually to just send healing. Every action that we take, it is motivated by one thing. It is either to move toward love and connection or to move 
away from pain. And we do not heal our pain through complaining, through dragging someone on social media, or through ghosting. And I know you know this, but I'm just reminding you. We heal our pain through listening and through extending compassion to others. And when we are healed and whole, we can move towards love and away from pain at the same time with the same action. So if you are in need of healing right now, whether it's from a broken heart or unmet expectations or childhood wounds, I am sending you so much love this week and always. Hurt people hurt people, and healed people help people. And boy, oh boy, do we need more helpers and healers right now. So let's get into the business of the week. You asked for it. Here it is, our very first All Dear Demona episode of the season. I love every segment of the show. I really do. From talking to experts to researching trends and data on dating and relationships. But truly, my very favorite thing to do is to help you with your specific love dilemmas. So let's go and let's heal some hearts. Dear Demona. Demona, help me. Our first question comes to us in a voicemail from Chantel. Hello. I uh, recently jumped back into using dating apps, and I've met someone who I really like. He's kind and thoughtful and cute, and we've been dating for about three months. And I'm wondering if I should initiate a serious relationship talk. Um, He said he is open to long-term relationships, but we haven't really talked about what our relationship goals are yet. So I'm not sure whether he meets my needs for a long-term match. I am uh, attending grad school and working, so I'm pretty busy, and I don't have a whole lot of time for dating apps. I'm kind of worried that if I continue to date him, I won't explore other potential matches. So I'm just wondering if I should initiate the serious dating talk or whether I should just continue to date him casually and and learn more about each other. Um, But I love your podcast and I'd uh, greatly appreciate any words of wisdom you might have for me. Let me begin with a reminder that you get back what you put out into the world and you get questions answered that you ask. And if you don't ask the question, you may not be getting the answer. (laughs) And it sounds like that's what's happening here. But let's go back to this, what are we putting out? Because it sounds like, Chantel, you're very busy. You got a lot going on. You're attending grad school. You are working. You're in this semi-serious, possibly flirtationship, relationship, situationship I don't know, only you and and your partner can tell me really what's going on there, but it sounds like you're juggling a lot of different things. And if you have not had a serious relationship talk yet or laid any groundwork for it, and you're already three months in, to me that says one of two things. Either one, you are afraid of the answer. You are afraid the answer might be No, if you put your heart out there and they say, oh, I just thought it was a casual fling. I mean, I was interested in a long-term relationship, but you never asked me about it, so it just hadn't occurred to me. Or two, that you actually don't want the answer. 
because you're not sure that you want to be in this long-term relationship yourself because what does that mean for everything else in your life? How will that change or compromise your school or your work if you are also fully committing to this relationship? So what you've done is you've made it real comfy for yourself to stand somewhere in the middle. But you're realizing that after three months of being in this relationship, being in limbo, it actually doesn't usually feel very comfortable for us. Our brains love clarity. And so your brain is starting to tell you, what is this? Because either this is meeting some need, whether it's companionship, sex, a short-term connection, or it's something more serious, your brain wants to categorize it. We just don't do that, that limbic space all that well. And perhaps you've been getting signals from the other person that that cue one way or another that they are looking for clarity too. But we can't stay in limbo forever. So the first thing you've got to do is get really clear on what do you want? Not necessarily what do you want a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. What do you want right now? What works for your world right now? And how can you communicate that to your partner in a way that is empathetic and creates space for their feelings as well? Because we don't necessarily know what they're going to say. They might say, I've been waiting for you to ask me. I wanted a long-term relationship, but you've been so busy with work at school. I thought maybe it wasn't going anywhere. Or they might say, I love the state of our relationship right now. It really works for me. I'm not up for a committed long-term relationship. And you know what? That actually could be okay for you right now. The thing is, we are just so addicted to stories of one way that it's supposed to go. Like, you know, you meet and then you get serious and then you move in together and then you get married and then you have kids and then you live happily ever after. And in writing my book, F the Fairy Tale, Rewrite the Dating Myths and Live Your Own Love Story, I am trying to get everyone to realize that you have so much choice and you get to choose how you want this love story to go. And if for your love story, there's a period of six months of being on the same page with your partner, but also not pushing towards a long-term relationship, saying we are enjoying one another's company, we're seeing each other maybe once or twice a week, and that is the definition of our relationship, and that is okay. Maybe that is the answer for you, but the first step is getting that clarity yourself, and the second step is communicating it authentically without expectation of your partner. Should you initiate the serious dating talk? I would say probably, because if you're asking me the question, it's clearly on your mind and it's going to start to cloud your interactions with your partner. And we just don't want to have an elephant in the room. <laughs> we got to get the elephant out of the room. We got to deal with facts. We've got to deal with feelings and we have to meet the moment where we're at. Oh, I know that question was so relatable for so many of you. And we have all been in that space of being in limbo and, and seeking some sort of clarity. And 
I know you don't need my permission, but I just give you all permission to want what you want, even if it doesn't look like your parents' generation or what you see on TV or what you've read in the fairy tale. All right, we are writing more love stories here with our next question from Bren. Hey, Demona. I am a 60-year-old woman new to the dating scene after a recent divorce. I have a question about complete honesty on dating profiles. I have my biggest concern in that I am a physician and I am very hesitant to put that on a profile so as to avoid a lot of the predatory stuff that goes on on some of the dating sites. But of course, I like the fact that I'm a physician. I'm proud of what I do, but not really sure how to approach that on a dating website. What is your advice in regards to staying safe and being fully transparent about their profession. So I'm going to tell you two somewhat conflicting things about online dating. First, honesty is the best policy. And second, information should be shared on a need-to-know basis. (laughs) And we don't necessarily have to put out all these details about ourselves that might create a space that is less safe for us to date online. I am, I've been talking about this, I think, for a few weeks. I'm really bullish about safety on dating apps and particularly the safety and security of women. And when you start talking about sharing that you're a physician, which in a way, like my dad was a physician in my town and he was like a little bit, it was kind of like having a celebrity (laughs) As a dad, he was also a pediatrician, which meant like one out of every 10 kids in my town like went to my dad (laughs) as their doctor. But, you know, he was sort of in the public eye. And when you're a physician, people may know your name and you may have private information about people and people know where you work. And it's very easy to find information about you online. Okay, so. I'm not saying any of this to scare you. I feel like I do this and people are like, oh, delete the dating apps. No, this is not what I'm trying to do here. I'm just trying to give you guys all the information so you can choose and you can stay safe. But it's just something to consider that you're in a more visible position than other people. So that's one part of the safety. The other part of the safety is sharing that information that you are successful, that you're a physician, you probably have a good income. Is that sort of a carrot that's going to draw in people who are seeking you out because of your security, because of your financial means, and maybe even because of your status in the community? I I don't know. I don't know. But I would categorize that as need to know information. Does it mean you should lie and say you're like a truck driver or something? No, (laughs) not necessarily. But what is the base level of information that that person might need to know? I work in the medical profession. I work at a hospital. I am a small business owner. Something like that would be both accurate and also leave information to be discovered when you feel safe to disclose it. And that then gives you the power back because this is what I'm trying to do with with my recommendations on dating apps, I want you to 
be able to attract in what you want and to filter out what you don't want. So we want to, with the profile, draw as many people in who should be in the qualified pool. And then through our screening, you know, I'm always talking about the five dating loops. People tend to put the screening part in the sourcing part. So the sourcing part is how you're meeting people. Dating apps being one of the primary ways. And the screening doesn't happen until you get the matches and then you get into the conversation. Maybe like back when I met my husband online, maybe you could do more of the screening online because there was more information in the profile and people actually spent time crafting their words and choosing to present themselves with a particular narrative. And it was just a very different way of using dating sites back then. They weren't even dating apps. When we moved to dating apps, everything became about speed of use. And then that put the responsibility to do the screening step more into the chat. So long story short, keep the profile. The profile is the honey. The messages, that's when you can douse a little vinegar. (laughs) But the bees aren't going to come to the vinegar. They got to come to the honey. And you are not your job. You are not the amount of money that you make. You are not your profession. You are so much more than that. And I want the other things that really factor into who you are in a relationship to be the things that you lead with, not all your stuff. And we just don't want to confuse it or complicate it by mixing those two up. Our next question comes from Shanna on Instagram. Producer Lindsay is going to lend her voice to give it a read. Hi, Demona. First and foremost, I absolutely adore your Dates and Mates podcast. I'm a weekly listener. I have a query about not getting too disappointed after first dates, which appeared to have gone very well, but then you don't hear back from the man. Would you be able to offer some sound advice on expectations and not having them deflated? Thank you. I greatly appreciate all you do for us single people. Me included, Demona. Thank you, Shanna and Lindsay, asking for a friend. Um, hmm. One of my favorite quotes, Shanna, is from Anne Lamott. And she says, expectations are resentments under construction. <laughs> so basically what that means is when you have an expectation, that is when you allow disappointment to creep in. So my question for you, I'm going to turn your question into a question, is how could you let go of expectations? How could you show up to a date just for the experience? And whatever happens beyond the date, try to put that out of your mind And try to focus on just staying in the moment of the date and really getting into that energetic exchange of, I am just here right now. And I know this is so counterintuitive, but even practicing mindfulness and meditation, I know some of you just eye rolled. I I heard that through through the podcast. (laughs) Mindfulness and meditation actually does help you 
on dates because it brings you back into the present moment because the, those feelings of, of disappointment, they come up when we're projecting into the future because we've told a whole story in our heads. We're back to stories. We're like, I really like this person. It's going really well. Do you think that they're going to like me back? I, I think when they said that, that meant this. And therefore, they should be introduced to my friends next week. And then I have this party I want to introduce them to. And then my parents are really going to like them. And look, how do I know this narrative? Because I've lived it, y'all. I, I have experienced it. I have played the tape. <laughs> and I know that it doesn't help us. And I know what I'm asking you to do is so difficult. But the crazy thing is that not only is it more effective, it's more fun in the moment. And it protects your heart from whatever outcomes are on the other side of the date. So I really, when, like, I had a disappointing thing happen to me, not in dating, but I, my husband was, like, afraid to tell me about it <laughs> because he thought I would just be so upset and disappointed. And I just went, okay, well, it, that wasn't meant to be. <laughs> that wasn't meant to be because I was not attached to the outcome. I was just hearing in the moment, this is the situation. It's something I cannot control. And therefore, I need to sit with the reality and know that it wasn't for me. That person is either for you or they're not. They're either with you or they're not. And I know on this show, we get into a lot of nuances of how to show up on the date and what to say and how to interact and, you know, all, all of the technical things. But at the end of the day, they're either your person or they're not. And if they really are meant to be, there's not much you can do to screw it up. <laughs> okay. So keep that in the back of your mind. Keep on the mindfulness. And the other thing, I'm, I'm just, my intuitive sense here Shanna, because I've been doing this for over 15 years, is that I bet you you're spending too long on dates. The, the first date, if you've met online, this is like your first go-see, really try to keep it to one hour, maybe 90 minutes tops. So you're coming from somewhere, you're going to somewhere, you're giving this person the gift of your time, and you get in and get out. Because what often happens is we think we had a great date. We, we stayed so long. We were so into each other. And, and by staying so long, that, sh that proved that this was working. But what ends up happening is that the energy drops and we hit a lull. And then that becomes what they remember, as opposed to ending the date in the middle, feeling like the energy's on a high note and there's more to be continued. And there's more to be discovered. And they have to ask you on another date because they didn't even get to the end of the story. They didn't even get to the beginning of the story. They were just getting started. And so were you. Okay. So do those two things, report back and know that that is not a reflection of your worth. And if that person is not for you, then you send them love and light. You Thank and release them back out into the dating world. And then you create space for that amazing person who's going to come into your life and who will be begging you 
for a second date, who can't wait to spend more time with you because that person I know is out there. And it goes without saying, just like I was talking about in last week's Matchmaking the Stars episode, we can't put all of our eggs in one basket when it comes to dating. And so we have to, we have to keep the momentum up. We have to stay open and we have to stay in a place of learning from each of these experiences. And through that, you can also learn to let go of the outcome and to embrace the journey. All right, now, lovers, I'm asking you to embrace this journey through the commercial sphere. (laughs) I know it's not always what you come to Dates and Mates for, but it is the reason that we can offer this show to you for free. So please take a minute to listen to our sponsors. We'll be back in just a sec with more Dear Demona. Thank you, thank you, lovers, for giving love to our sponsors. Before we get into our next Dear Demona question, I just wanted to mention Some of you know I have a new book coming out in January. It's called F the Fairy Tale, Rewrite the Dating Myths and Live Your Own Love Story. And I really wanted to focus in on these dating myths, these four major dating myths that I've identified, because I see that it's these broken beliefs that really keep a lot of people stuck in love. You may have already seen some themes emerging through this week's episode, but it's these myths that may be passed down to us from our parents, that may be repeated to us from our friends, that could be in the rom-coms that we watch. These myths about how we're supposed to find love and what it's supposed to look like and what it's supposed to feel like and then how it's going to last forever and be effortless and it'll be your soulmate match. And there's so many things that are just, maybe they were true. Maybe they were true for our parents or, you know, our siblings, or grandmas, or I don't know, maybe they were true at some point. But from what I see, they're not really true anymore. And they actually get in the way of finding love. Because we can't see what's right in front of us sometimes. And we don't know how to show up to make it easy for ourselves. So I'm going to make it easy for you. I am actually doing a free four-day challenge that's built around these four dating myths. And it's going to be a live stream series where I'll do a little talk on the dating myths, and then I'll answer questions, live Q&A that will be live streaming on multiple platforms. And I'm doing it four days in a row starting on September 12th. So I'd love for you to be there. I'd love for you to join me. And if you register for this challenge and you say, yes, Demona, I want to date differently this fall. I'm ready to find my person. I'm up for the challenge of breaking down these dating myths. If you sign up and you give me your email, you will get a link to each of the live streams. You'll get a digest of what we talked about in that dating myth lesson. And then you will also get access to view all of the live streams anytime you want, all in one place. So in case you can't join me live any of those days, it's no biggie. It's no biggie. I'll make sure that you get the information. I'll make sure you get the challenge and I'll make sure you have the tools to transform. All you got to do is go to DemonaHoffman.com slash challenge to sign up for the four-day F the fairy tale challenge so you can get on your way to breaking down these dating myths and writing your own love story. Again, that's DemonaHoffman.com, D-A-M-O-N-A-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.com slash challenge. And the link will be in the show notes. I hope to see you there. Now on to our next question from a listener named T. 
Hi, Demona. I was in a relationship for about two and a half years, and two weeks before it ended, we were engaged, and it has been three months of healing, grieving, um, therapy, and journaling, and processing the end of this relationship. I am getting curious and excited. So the question is how someone may internally know if they're ready to go out there and get back into the dating world after processing a serious breakup. T, you said a couple buzzwords that got me really pumped for you. You said curious and excited. And I want all of my listeners and clients to capture that feeling, curiosity and excitement, because that is the exact energy that you need to bring to your dating experience. So when you've been through a big breakup and a relationship that you have committed to for so long, and you've been through months of healing and grieving and therapy, for you to get to a place where you're like, this sounds kind of exciting. To me, that spells T-R-A-N-S-F-O-R-Mation. Transformation. <laughs> that to me, that was too long to spell. I don't even know why I tried that. Uh, that to me says, I-, I think you're ready. Now, does it mean that you won't have moments of sadness? And does it mean that it will feel comfortable to you all the time? Does it mean that you're going to move right into a relationship like the one that you had or better than the one that you had? We don't know. We don't know, but you just got to start. So I'm one of those coaches that I just think we learn in action. I really don't believe in we sit on the sidelines and we think about it and we talk about it and we journal about it. And I do love a journal. I do love some journaling, but, uh, Ultimately, I just don't think we process our feelings that way. I think we process and we evolve most through getting into action. And so this is not me telling anybody who's been through a breakup who is actively healing and actively in pain. This is not me saying like, well, just, you know, put your big girl pants on and get back out there. This is me saying to you, based on the question that you asked and the words that you used, that it's worth dipping your toe in the water. And you will know when you get out there, how does it feel? Does it feel, it may feel awkward the first couple times. Of course, of course, dating, dating can be awkward. But it might feel exhilarating. <laughs> it might feel curious. It might feel exciting. And if you don't step into the journey, you will never know. So let's not wait to start. There's just, there's way too much of, I will be ready when. I will be ready when I'm healed from this relationship. I will be ready when I lose 10 pounds. I will be ready when I complete school. When are we ever ready, y'all? Sometimes you just have to take the leap and the other side will appear. And I, for one, am rooting for you. Actually, let's just say, I think all of the Dates and Mates listeners are rooting for you and are holding space for the fact that even though you went through a relationship that was a serious relationship, an engagement that ended, that that is proof that it's possible for you. And it's just that 
51% belief that something is possible that makes it worth striving for and that makes it believable enough to still go for it and pursue it. Our next message was texted to me from a listener named S. Lindsay's going to give it a read. Hi, Demona. I absolutely love your podcast. My question is, how boring is too boring? I've been dating online for the past year and have met a lot of guys who are nice and want to see me again, but the dates are very bland and low energy. Should I be doing more to spice things up, or should I just pass on the guys if we don't click after a couple of dates? Thank you for all of your wonderful advice. S. Oh, you guys, I love your questions. And I, my dates and mates listeners are so fun for me to hear from. How boring is too boring? So you want like a number scale? Like, oh, it's a five on the boring meter. It's like uh, playing blackjack. Like you, you hit, if it's what, 16 or more, you hit. But if it's below, you stay. <laughs> Okay, here's how you know if it's too boring. First of all, if we're keeping the dates to an hour to an hour and a half on the first dates, see prior question for specifics, and you are not curious at the end of the first date, there's nothing you want to learn. There's nothing you want to learn about that person. You're not like, huh, oh, that story was interesting. I wonder where else he's traveled to. Huh. I wonder what it would be like to kiss this person. Huh, I wonder what they do on Saturday afternoons. If there's no, no kind of curiosity, then I think it's too boring. I think that's um I think that's a bust. I think the house has won. <laughs> but if you just have an inkling after that short check-in date, you have an inkling that there could be more to be discovered. Even if it's not whiz-bang, even if it's a little bland and low energy, I think it's worth a second try. I, I just see we're so quick. The speed of dating has increased so much that we're so quick to just, just thank you and pass. And sometimes we haven't even gotten to the second layer and we're already we're already pushing something away. Now, if you've been on, you said a couple dates, okay, I have that three-date rule. You want to try to strive for three. Sparks in three or let it be. If you're not thinking, I want to touch this person, I want to kiss this person, I'm curious, I'm curious on another level. If you're not thinking that by the third date, then usually it's not, going to be a thing. But too many times we we don't get to the third date. And that's really a turning point for so many people in their dating and relationship histories. And I I didn't arbitrarily come up with three. It was through watching so many cases, so many clients, and even my own experiences and seeing how things really evolve when we get to that point of being comfortable with someone else and really being ourselves. But I've also said on this podcast before, you are responsible for your own good time, S. So if your dates are boring and all of your dates are boring, what is the common denominator here? <laughs> I'm not calling you boring, I swear. But I'm saying 
what could you do to prepare yourself differently or to plan a different kind of date that I like to say that you would enjoy being on with or without the other person, that the other person is only additive to the experience. You would have a good time even if you were there with yourself, with your girlfriends, with another person, okay? So you have a little homework to do some planning. I do have stuff on the blog, some more creative date ideas. And remember, the creative dates, they don't have to be long either. But what happens if you get your heart rate up a little bit? I actually shared on the Drew Barrymore show this season that a fun date usually fits into one of three categories. Competition, collaboration, or cardio. So, you know, it's hard to get that if you're just having coffee or just having drinks. But could you introduce an element of cardio? Cardio could mean we go for a hike or a walk or we get ice cream and then we walk down Main Street. Or it could be like we meet and walk our dogs together. And collaboration could be playing a game together, could be going to an arcade, could be playing pool. It's something where you're working together on something. And competition also can fit into some of those same categories. But that's a way to quickly infuse a lot more fun into your dates. Because not everybody's a great conversationalist. Not everybody's great the first time you meet. But everyone likes to have fun. Nobody's like, I'm coming to this date. I'm going to be as boring as possible. I want this to just be super dull. No one ever (laughs) says no one ever, right? So if you can just do that little bit of preparation and put in a little extra effort to make it fun for yourself, you might be surprised what it brings out in the other person that you're meeting. Y'all, that was a fun one. I hope you enjoyed this all Dear Demona episode of Dates and Mates. We have your closing love lesson coming up in just a sec. But first, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who submitted questions and who trusted me with their hearts today. If you submitted a question that wasn't answered today, just know that we are going to be doing these Dear Demona episodes all the time. I will also be answering questions more on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. So don't be shy. The DMs are open. You can send me a voice memo like one of the many that you heard today, or you can just send me, you know, a, a chat me a message. I'm at Damona Hoffman on Facebook, Twitter. Are we saying Twitter? Are we saying X? I don't know. <laughs> you know, on that one. Uh, and Instagram and TikTok. Hit me up. I'm here to help. And the phone lines are also open. You can send me a voicemail or text here at 424-246-6255. And also, one last reminder here that I have challenged you to a challenge. <laughs> I want you to join me for the free four-day F the fairy tale challenge. It's time to bust through all of these dating myths, all of these broken beliefs that you don't deserve, you didn't write, you get the chance now to write your own love story, but you got to know what the myths are to know if they may be blocking you and to know how to rewrite them and get on your way to finding love this fall. So join me. It's free. I'll be live every day starting on September 12th. You can sign up now and get access to all of the videos, all of the digests, all of the challenges at demonahoffman.com slash challenge. Again, that's D-A-M-O-N-A-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.com slash challenge. And we are ending every episode of this season with a love lesson of the week so that 
you have something actionable to think about or to do until the next episode. So your love lesson this week, I want to just ask you, how can you move toward love and out of pain or fear? How can you take control of your dating future? You're already doing step one by listening to the show, but how will you put the insight and healing that you've gotten from this episode into action? We were talking a lot about action this week. First, start with empathy and compassion. When you get a message that you don't want or you get ghosted or you see a post that really like burns your biscuits online, and instead of reacting from a place of pain or fear, try to respond from a place of empathy because that is how the healing process begins. When we respond with empathy, it actually heals us as much as it heals the other person. That is your love lesson of the week. We'll be back again next Tuesday to talk about the intersection of love, money, and magic with the best-selling author of Financial Alchemy, Morgana Ray. Until next week, I wish you happy dating.